Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. My mom makes me get big and strong. She goes on roller coasters even though she doesn't even want to go on them. She just does funny stuff and occasionally tickles us. <laughs> she gives me this one note that I keep in my backpack. Dear Katie, I love you every day so, so much. I can tell my mom anything. My mom's the best because she gives me bubble gum and she doesn't let my brother have it. I liked it when she takes me to Chuck E. Cheese. She does the best scary stories. Boom! She always says, stay calm, you can do it. And when we have special dates, it makes it special days. And mommy is a beautiful princess. I love mom. I can thank my mom for being my mom. Thanks for letting me lick the spoon. For teaching me knock-knock jokes. For always helping me look on the bright side. For making me feel special. For helping me clean up my mess. For rubbing my back before I go to sleep. Thank you, Mom. I give my mom big smooches. I love it. Although I will say this, the number one rule in public speaking is never follow children. So here I am. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms at all of our campuses this weekend. We love you. We love you. We love you. Mom, thank you for putting on the cape every single morning and saving the day for us in a million different ways. Moms, thank you for the, the hugs Thank you for the laughs, moms. Thank you for the encouragement constantly. Moms, you are the leaders and examples that we can model our lives after. And we are so thankful for you, moms. Here's what we know. We know that being a mother is not easy. And we're grateful for you. So come on, Next Level Church, whatever service you're in, whatever campus you're in, one more time, let's give it up for all of our moms this weekend. We love you, moms. We love you, we love you, we love you. Well, this is our final installment of our Adventure of a Lifetime series. And we've covered a lot of ground over these last, this is our sixth week of talking about this Adventure of a Lifetime. And we've been talking throughout the weeks of this series, really from the week after Easter till now, Mother's Day weekend, about how the world has an adventure that they want us to live with our life, but God has an adventure for our lifetime as well. And so we've been talking about how we push away from the world's idea of an adventure of a lifetime and lean into God's idea of an adventure of a lifetime. And so this weekend, I want us to talk about one final thing, and it's a big idea that can keep us from living God's adventure of a lifetime for our life, and that is fear. Fear that we've talked a lot about a lot of different things. We've talked about, you know, living kind of a duplicitous type of life. We've talked about excuses that we make. We talk about offense and forgiving others. We've talked about parenting. We've talked in a lot of different directions about peace and so forth. But here's the deal. If we don't get this one piece right, 
this idea of overcoming fear in our life, then guess what? We will always be limited in our ability to reach our full potential, to live the adventure of a lifetime that God wants us to live. Fear's a powerful, powerful motivator in our world today, isn't it? And unfortunately, it's not a good one. Fear's a powerful motivator. And of course, there are, there are good fears that motivate us, like the fear of getting in a car crash and killing yourself keeps us from driving fast. Like, sure, absolutely, okay? But here's the deal. One of the greatest roadblocks to you and I reaching our full potential in Christ, living the adventure of a lifetime, is fear. More people, I would dare to say, more people uh, <laughs> compromise their potential with fear than perhaps any other thing. I remember when I was in high school over 20 years ago, I was a junior in high school and I was in a speech class. And there was a girl who was a senior. She was a year ahead of me. And she had written a speech for the speech team. She was on the, on the speech team. And so uh, I don't know if it was six minutes or eight minutes, whatever it was. But I, I, for 20 years, I've never forgotten this speech that she gave. And she had done the research and the homework and the whole deal. And back then it wasn't easy with the internet like it is today, you darn kids, right? No, no, no. She had done all of the research in like Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay, what, it, don't ask. Never mind. You wouldn't, even, you wouldn't understand. And she, in the name of her speech, I'll never forget it. The name of her speech was 4.22 IPP. What? 4.22 IPP. And what that stood for was, when she got into the first 30 or 45 seconds of her speech, was 4.22 illnesses per person. That she had done her homework, she had done the research, and she was standing there for six minutes or eight minutes, whatever it was, giving the most convincing argument that every single person on planet Earth has at least 4.22 illnesses, phobias, fears, Per person. And here's what I think. I think 20 years later, that's true, and then some. I think that every single one of us who are listening this weekend struggle with, wrestle with fear. Maybe it's the fear of uncertainty. Maybe it's, it's the fear of, of, of losing control of some environment of our life or some decision in our life. Maybe it's, it's a fear of getting sick. Maybe it's a fear that, that a problem's going to overwhelm us. Maybe it's a relational fear or a financial fear that we have. Maybe it's any number of different fears, a fear of, of, of not, uh, not being in control, a fear of letting others down. We all have fears. 4.22 IPP. Fear and grip our hearts. And here's what I want us to understand this week in Next Level Church. If you and I don't learn how to face fear head on and win the battle over fear, we will never live the adventure of a lifetime that God has intended for us. So here's what I want us to do. I want to talk about this. And specifically, I want to go to a letter that was written in the Bible. We know it as a book of the Bible, and that's the book of 2 Timothy. So if you have a Bible, if you have a, a smart device with our Next Level Church app on it or the Bible app on it, click with me or turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want us to look at two verses specifically, just two verses is where I want to launch from, because 2 Timothy is not just a book that we read in the Bible, but it's a letter. And it's actually the second letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a young leader named Timothy. 
Now, Timothy was, Paul said, a spiritual son in the faith. And so this is a spiritual father talking to a spiritual son. And he's writing to him, and he's addressing this very issue that you and I, every one of us, deal with, this issue of fear. How do we address and confront fear in our life? And see, Timothy was battling fear on a number of levels, as we're about to see. And so Paul wrote to him and said, hey, I got to talk to you about this. You got to deal with this. Let's read it together. Second Timothy chapter one, starting in verse six, it says this. Therefore, I remind you, Paul says, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir up. He says, Timothy, let me remind you again, because he had already written him one letter. This is second Timothy. And he writes to him and he says, Timothy, let me... Let me remind you, let me say it again, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. And what are we stirring up? The gift of God, fan into flame, another translation says. Fan into flame, the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. But look at verse 7. For God has not given us, what does it say? A spirit of what? Fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God's not given us, Timothy, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you came into your service this weekend, you were handed a bulletin. Reach down, grab that. Inside of there is a slip of paper with four filled in the blanks. I would love for you to follow along because I want to make four statements about this idea of fear and how it can grip our hearts and what we need to do about it. And here's the first statement. I wish you would write this down. Living God's adventure means fanning into flame or stirring up the gift of God that's within us. Living God's adventure really comes down to fanning into flame, blowing oxygen on an, an ember, on fire, fanning into flame, stirring up this gift of God that's in us. See, here's what we believe. We believe the Bible makes it clear that every single one of us, if you're watching online, if you're listening in some other environment, if you're breathing right now, God has put his spirit, he has put gifts inside of you. And God's desire, the way you and I live our full potential, live the adventure of a lifetime, is by recognizing what those gifts are and then fanning them into flame, putting them into to motion, growing them, maturing them, allowing them to flourish. Those gifts, those passions, those talents, those abilities that God's put inside of us. His desire is that you and I fan those into flame in our life. That's why we have our Discover events here at Next Level Church, so that you and I can discover how we've been made, what those, those gifts of God are in our life, and then we can fan them into flame in every area of our life, in our everyday life, in our work life, in our parenting life, in our marriage life, in our careers, in our church, in serving others. God wants us to fan into flame the gift of God that he's placed inside of us. But, number two, look, one of the biggest things that will hold us back is a spirit of fear. One of the biggest things that will keep those gifts of God from really flourishing, from really thriving and growing to their full potential is a spirit of fear. Now, here's the deal. When you go back and you look at that verse that says God's not given us a spirit of fear, that word spirit there in the original language, which is Greek, which the New Testament was written in, that word spirit there is the word pneuma. 
pneuma. And the word pneuma is not talking about spirit as like the cheerleaders say it. Like, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Okay, no, 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 no. Not that. Not that kind of spirit. And even in a Christian school, we got the spirit. Yes, we do. We got the spirit. How about, okay, well, it is talking about that, but not, no, that's not, anyway. Here's the deal. That word spirit, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, is talking about the spirit realm. It's talking about a realm that you and I can't see with our natural eyes. It's talking about the spirit realm, a spirit of fear, an evil spirit of fear. One that we can't see with our na natural naked eyes, but one that exists for certainty. A spirit, a pneuma of fear. That's what it's talking about. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you encountered someone who had a spirit of fear on them? We can all think of someone, can't we? We can all find someone in our past, maybe someone in our life. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a, it's a relative. Maybe it's someone who lives under your roof. Maybe, maybe it's you. We're living under a spirit of fear. I want to give you five characteristics of someone who might be struggling and battling a spirit of fear. Here's the first. Number one. People who might be dealing with the spirit of fear are always worried about everything. These people are worried about everything. They're worried about the kids. They're worried about the bills. They're worried about the news. They're worried about politics. They're worried about the neighbor down the street. They're worried about work. These are the people that the moment their gas gauge goes off of the letter F, they fill up their tank. I can tell that that's ringing a bell for some of you. They're just worried. They're just all the time worried. Okay, here's the second characteristic. They create false realities. They're constantly creating false realities. They, they're playing out scenarios in their mind, and they're laying awake at night, and they're worried, and they're, they're afraid, and they do, oh, my gosh, if this happens, then what would we do? And, oh, my gosh, if my husband dies, and then I remarry, and then he dies, what would I do? I don't know. Here's the third characteristic. They're doubtful and pessimistic about everything. These are the people that get a $1,000 refund on their taxes and then complain that they have to go to the bank to cash the check. It's not that bad. People who might be dealing with a spirit of fear are doubtful. They're pessimistic. Here's the fourth one. They've lost hope. They lack hope. They lack hope. You can sense it, can't you? You can feel it on people. Why? Because there's this depression that, that lands on, that lives on people. It's a spirit of fear when they're lacking hope. And finally, number five, that someone who might be dealing with the spirit of fear has lost their joy. They lack joy. They lack joy. And think of this. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. No joy, no strength. And when a spirit of fear comes upon us, Next Level Church, listen, it will rob us of our joy, which will sap us of our strength and leave us hopeless. And that is exactly what Satan intends. That's his plan. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you and I followers of Jesus Christ to lose our joy, 
to lose our strength until our world feels hopeless. The devil is trying to get you and I to have such a spirit of fear and worry and scared and doubtful and pessimistic and hopelessness on us that it eventually kills our joy, that kills our strength, that kills our hope. That's what the devil's up to in your life. That's his adventure for you and for me. And if you and I don't confront the spirit of fear, it is a spirit, a pneuma of fear in our life, that is where our life will eventually end up. That's why this matters. That's why we got to get this. Number three. Number three, another translation of a spirit of fear is the word, a spirit of intimidation. See, this translation says, Paul writes and he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But another translation of that, which is completely accurate as well, is a spirit of timidity. Timidity, which is the root word timid, which is the same root word and therefore can be equally translated a spirit, a pneuma, something unseen but powerful and at work, a pneuma of intimidation. So watch this. There's a spirit of fear, and then there's a spirit of intimidation trying to keep us, hold us captive. And watch this. The goal of a spirit of intimidation on our life is always to get the gifts of God in our life to lay dormant. Think about it. Whenever someone has a spirit of intimidation on them, the gifts of God always, always, always lay dormant in their life. And Paul knew this. And Paul knew that that was exactly what Timothy was battling. Paul knew that young Timothy, this leader, this called one, this anointed one, this chosen one, had all of these older wise guys around him trying to bully him and boss him around and push him around. And so Timothy would say something, and then all these other guys, these know-it-alls would show up and be like, I don't know, and what do you know, and you're just a kid, and they just, and he had a spirit, a pneuma of intimidation on him. That's why Paul hits this over and over and over and over again. Remember I said this is the second letter? Well, there's a first letter. And when you study the book of 1 Timothy, this letter, this first letter to Paul, you know what you discover? You discover that Paul is saying it over and over and over and over and over again. And the reason he had to write it was because he couldn't be there in person. And so this was the best medium. If he was doing it today, he'd probably send him an email. He'd probably text him. He'd probably shoot a video. And he would communicate it that way. But because this was the medium Paul had, because see, they're all just mediums, including video. That when, when Paul, this was the medium he had, so he wrote to Timothy, check this out. Just in the book of 1 Timothy, look at these verses. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Timothy, my son, Paul writes, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by, by recalling them, you might, look at this word, fight the battle well. Fight Paul says, Timothy, if you're going to win, you got to fight. You got to, the reason I'm reminding you of these prophecies, these words that were spoken over you is because those other guys around you are trying to bully you and use the spirit of intimidation to keep you down and to keep you quiet. Well, you got to fight that. That's what he's saying. Look, he goes on chapter four, verse 11, command and teach these things, command, don't offer suggestions or nice platitudes. No, Timothy, you command them. 
You take command and you teach these things. Verse 12, let no one look down on you because you're young, Paul writes. Look, it's a pattern. Verse, chapter 6, verse 11. But you, Paul writes to Timothy, man of God, mm, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Flee, pursue, flee, pursue, command and teach, fight, battle. Over and over. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Why is Paul doing this? Why is he talking like this? Look at verse 20. Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to your care. Why is Paul writing over and over and over and over and over? That's just the first book. The first book. That's just the first letter. Guard, fight, battle, war, pursue, flee, command, teach. Why is he doing that? Because Timothy battled a spirit of intimidation. And Paul knew he would never fulfill his destiny. He'd never reach his full potential. He'd never live the adventure of a lifetime God had for him and needed for him to live as long as that spirit of intimidation was winning. And that's why Paul used the medium of writing this letter to Timothy to say, hey, you got to break that spirit off of you. And then in 2 Timothy, he reminds him again, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Don't let him intimidate you. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, Timothy. God's not giving you a spirit of intimidation. You got to fight because Paul understood that a spirit of fear, a spirit of intimidation is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing that we can't see with our natural eyes, but is absolutely working against us every day. And it was working against Timothy, and it's working against us as well. Let me tell you a little of my story. Over two decades ago, over 20 years ago, I had a leader in my life who was, quite honestly, threatened by me. That as a young 17, 18-year-old young man who was called and anointed of God, excited about what God had for my life, this leader, this person of influence in my life saw that. And became threatened by me. And this leader over 20 years ago put a spirit of intimidation on me. That through the years other leaders tried to use against me to keep me down. But I'm just telling you what. I'm free baby. I'm free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I'm just letting you know the spirit of fear is possible to be broken. The spirit of intimidation that the enemy wants to put on you is possible to be broken. And I'm telling you what, it's a good life when you live in freedom. You want to live the adventure? Then you got to get free from fear. You got to get free. And here's what I want you to know. You can overcome this weekend. We're going to pray, and Jesus is going to break the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation that somebody somewhere in your world has put on you. It's going to be broken. So how do we do that? How do you and I overcome? Well, let's look at the verse again. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Here's what he says. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7. For God has not given us. Woo! A spirit of fear, spirit of intimidation. But look at this part. What has God given us? Three things. Power, love, sound mind. How do we overcome? We overcome with power, love, and a sound mind. Number four, write it down. Write it down. We overcome with these three things, with power, with love, and with a sound mind. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to break each one of those down for just a moment. 
And I want to address each one of those because they're not what they seem on the surface. Look, here, let's look at the first one, and that's power. Power. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power. See, watch this. When a spirit of intimidation comes on our life, it causes us to change from offense to defense. Every time. Every time. You can identify a spirit of intimidation because it will always cause us to move from offensive to defensive. It'll cause us to, and here's the deal, you can't win if all you do is play defense. If all, if your only goal is to keep the other team from scoring, you'll never win. You have to go on the offense at some point and try and score points, and the devil knows that. And spirit of intimidation will always try and keep you and I from playing offense and instead keep us playing defense. It will always try and get us to shrink back and to lose our boldness. And here's what it does. A spirit of intimidation threatens us and says, listen, if you don't give in, if you don't listen, then, then there's going to be consequences to pay. There's going to be a price to pay. That's what a spirit of intimidation always does in our life. So what does that mean? It means we need power. We need the power of God inside of us to war against a spirit of intimidation. Listen, it's not about our good works. It's not about our effort. It's not about our willpower. No, 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 no. Listen, human power is not good enough. We need the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, empowering us to war against a spirit of intimidation. We need the same spirit the Holy Spirit that came on David when he fought Goliath. Remember? This young teenage shepherd boy, the runt of the family that everybody kind of cast off. And he goes out there and for 40 days, think of it, 40 days, Goliath has been tormenting the people of God. And he's just been spitting in the face of the King Saul and all of the army of Israel. He's been spitting in the face of God himself. And David goes out to deliver some Subway sandwiches to his brothers. You can read about it. He was the first sandwich artist ever mentioned in Scripture. It's in there. He didn't wear the little plastic gloves, but he made sandwiches. Brought them to the brothers. He's delivering, and he overhears Goliath down in this valley, screaming these insults toward the army of God and God himself. And David's like, is anybody going to do anything about this? Anybody going to do anything? And they're all like, no, 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 we're intimidated by this spirit that's on Goliath. We're, that's where they weren't saying that, but that's what was going on. Spirit of intimidation was on them. The whole army, including the king. And David goes, no, 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 that spirit's not on me. I'm going to go fight. And so as David is rushing the battlefield, check this out. 1 Samuel chapter 17. David said to the Philistine, Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you spirit of intimidation in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel the one you are mocking i come against you in that i'm not going to fight you with a sword or a spear or a javelin this battle can't be won against the spirit of intimidation in the natural so i may have a slingshot and five smooth stones but that's not what i'm fighting with i'm fighting with the spirit of god that is in me the spirit of the Lord Almighty, the one that you're mocking, spirit of intimidation, that's what's going on. And the same spirit, the Bible says, that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and I. How do we win? How do we win over the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation? We win with the power of God. Look at this verse, verse Romans chapter 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. That's how we win. What does it take to overcome a spirit of fear and intimidation? It takes the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Number two, it takes love. It takes love. But here's the deal. Not self-love. See, the root of intimidation is always self-love. In other words, self-preservation. Think about it. Every fear that you and I battle ultimately comes down to self-preservation. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to be exposed as a phony. I don't want to fail. I don't want to be rejected. Self-preservation, self-love, self-preservation, self-love, self-preservation, self-love. So what kind of love is Paul talking about? God's not given us a spirit of fear, intimidation, but a spirit of power and love. What's he talking about? He's talking about a love for God that is greater than love for self. How do you break a spirit of intimidation and fear off of your life? By declaring that you love God more than you love being rejected. You love God more than looking like a failure. You love God more than looking dumb. You love God more than not fitting in. You love God more than you love self. Self-preservation doesn't break a spirit of intimidation. A love of God above love of self does what does it take that's what it takes look at hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 so we say with confidence the lord is my helper i will not be afraid i will not be afraid look i love this what can mere mortals do to me i love god more than i love myself so you got nothing, spirit of fear. You got nothing, spirit of intimidation. You got nothing, person putting that on me. Uh-uh, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening and the heart sure ain't listening. No. How do we break it? That's how we break it. With the love of God more than love of self. And finally, we break it with a sound mind. A sound mind. What does it take to break a spirit of intimidation and fear off of our life? It takes a sound mind, but listen, when it says sound mind, this is not referring to a natural knowledge and wisdom. That's not enough. It's not enough to just have natural knowledge and wisdom. What this is talking about, a sound mind. God does not give us a spirit of fear or intimidation, but gives us power, love, and a sound mind is talking about a supernatural, a spiritual knowledge and wisdom that only comes from the mind of Christ. That's what it's talking about. The mind of Christ in any and all situations. Look at this verse, Philippians chapter 3. Verse 3, for it is we who are the circumcision. In other words, we are the chosen ones. We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and then look at this part, and who put no confidence in the flesh. You and I don't win the battle against fear and intimidation in our life by battling with head knowledge. We're just not smart enough. We're just not. We are battling a spiritual enemy, and it requires the mind of Christ in any situation. So let me show you how this plays out. When you get that phone call, you get that voicemail, 
you get that texture, that email that comes in. And when it comes in, it has that spirit of fear on it, and that spirit of intimidation, and it grips your heart. And you look, and you're like, ah, oh, here we go, and what do I do, and what about this person, and oh my gosh, and you feel it, and you know what I'm talking about. And fear or intimidation grips your heart. Here's what you do. You say, you know what? No, 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 no. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. And I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be intimidated by this. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And you know what? I don't care if I look foolish. I don't care if, if they try and make me look dumb. I don't care if they try and convince me that they're a consequence. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not going to be pushed around. My love for God is bigger than my love for my self-preservation. And then with the sound mind, you say, now, listen, God, I ask you for the mind of Christ. How do I respond? How do I deal with this? How do I do this? That is how you break the spirit of fear and intimidation off your life. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So next level, church, God is here. Whatever service you're sitting in, if you're watching online, listen, God is here right now. And some of us, I believe that this weekend there are hundreds of us who have been dealing with a spirit of fear or spirit of intimidation for years on our life. And this weekend, Jesus is going to break it off once and for all. Yes, it's an ongoing battle. But listen, things are going to be different because of this weekend. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Whatever service you're sitting in before our campus pastors come back and we move in a different direction, would you bow your head with me? The Spirit of God is here and He wants to break a spirit of fear and intimidation off of every single one of us who are battling with that. Nobody's walking around. Nobody's talking. Nobody's getting up. Nobody's distracting. Listen, this is a, this is a holy moment because the power of God is in this place. Listen, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. And some of you, you're scared right now. Well, here's step one. If you've battled a spirit of fear, a spirit of intimidation, and you want it to be broken off of your life in the name of Jesus, today, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Come on, no fear. Come on, no fear. No intimidation right now, right now. Awesome, awesome. Whatever service you're in, come on, lift it. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up right now. Jesus, you see these hands, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hands that are being raised across our church this weekend. And Lord Jesus, on Mother's Day weekend, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would begin to break the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation off of us, and that God deliverance would come Lord we are no longer bound that you God are putting a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of sound mindness the mind of Christ into us that we can battle this Lord so many of us have been bullied and pushed around like the, like the army of Israel with Goliath. But Lord, this weekend we take a stand and we say no more, not in our strength, not in our knowledge, not in our ability, but in the spirit of Christ. We take a stand and declare that the spirit of fear must go, the spirit of intimidation must go, and we will walk in freedom once and for all that we can live the adventure of a lifetime. And so Jesus, right now, we thank you, God, that you are invading our heart, you're invading our mind, and when a spirit of fear or a spirit of intimidation tries to come in in the next few hours or days or weeks or months or years or decades, that we will know now how to stand up against it and break its back off of our life. It will have no power on us anymore. We declare this. And Jesus, here's what I believe. I believe that we are affecting family trees right now. Jesus, we, I believe that there are going to be parents that a spirit of fear and intimidation is being broken off of them and their kids and their grandkids and their relatives are never going to be the same again. That that spirit of fear is not going to get passed down from one generation to another. It stops today. In Jesus' name, we are set 
free from a spirit of fear and a spirit of intimidation. God, thank you for your delivering power, the power of the spirit. We're not battling something in the natural. We are battling a pneuma, an unseen force that has influence over our world. And God, thank you that we are set free today. We receive it. We declare it in Jesus' name. And everybody in every service who agreed said, amen. Come on, let's thank God. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week.